Good morning. Welcome to the Long Live the First Amendment and Free Speech Podcast. Free Press Media Press Inc. sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bichard. Today, I read the case Spire vs. State 687SW2D2 Texas Court of Criminal Appeals 1985. This case involved a defendant named Philip Michael Byer. For those of you who are not familiar with Texas structure, and in fact, I just learned this in my journey of studying these obscenity cases, is Texas has two top-level courts, one for civil and one for criminal. The civil court, highest level in Texas, is called the Supreme Court, whereas the highest level criminal court is called the Court of Criminal Appeals. I read this decision from the Court of Criminal Appeals first, and then I read the linked case that was appealed to it from the Court of Appeals to get a better understanding, to find out what went on here. This case involved obscene matter, like we've discussed before. What exactly happened here? Let's read the record. It says, quote, Appellant was convicted for the misdemeanor offense of selling obscene material, VTCA Penal Code Section 43.23C1. The jury assessed a punishment at 15 days confinement in the Harris County Jail and a $1,000 fine. The 14th Court of Appeals affirmed his conviction in a published opinion. End quote. What do you think of that punishment? Do you think it's fair? Do you think that punishment should be there? I don't. I don't think there should be any punishment for distributing, selling, handing off, viewing anything obscene material for adults. So what was the item in question? The item in question involved this. Quote, on January 6, 1982, members of the Houston Police Department Vice Squad, acting pursuant to a tip from an employee that the manager would be there at 6 p.m., to collect today's receipts, went to the ballpark, an adult bookstore in Houston. End quote. What do you think about that individual who made the tip? I don't think too highly of that. The person probably sees themselves as a crusader, a moral crusader, but I don't see them as a hero. I see them as a villain in this case. Stephen Covey of highly effective people fame said we shouldn't have enemy-centered paradigms. So maybe we shouldn't have view people as enemies. Maybe in the grand scheme, no, but in certain ways in our battles here they are. So what item in particular caused this ordeal? It says, quote, The information in this case alleged in pertinent part that the appellant knowing the content and character of the material, did intentionally sell obscene material to W.L. Hayden, namely a film entitled The Men's Room, which depicts patently offensive representations of actual and simulated sodomy. End quote. I think it was in the Court of Appeals decision that led up to this, the other case that I read linked to this, that they stated The Men's Room is a homosexual movie. So far, this is the first time while studying these obscenity cases, I have viewed a case that had a homosexual movie. Most of the others were heterosexual. If all, all of them, as I recall, were heterosexual. 
So what do you think about that? Part of me is wondering, are they discriminating against homosexuals because homosexuals are persecuted in society? Another part of me sees that they also go after the heterosexual movies. Whatever the case, heterosexual or homosexual, they shouldn't go after anything. Much of this case centers on the individual in question. He was a manager at the place, and they're trying to decide whether he had a, a role in distributing this obscene material. They, they say just because you work there, that does not automatically make you selling obscene material. They say, quote, under our law, a person is not punished for his status, but for his conduct, end quote. They're trying to suggest that just because a person is of a rank or even a high rank in a place and then bad stuff goes on, that doesn't automatically make him criminally liable, but instead what he actively does, or I suppose you could say she, but in this question it is a he. They do reference the First Amendment here. Of course, they're again saying that obscene material is not covered. Yada, yada, yada. They say, quote, One cannot have the intent to promote or assist the sale of obscene material unless he has the knowledge of the content and character of the material. Since selling obscene materials is in defense only if the seller had knowledge of the content and character of the material, no person lacking this knowledge can possess the intent to promote or assist the sale of obscene material. First Amendment safeguards require knowledge of the content and character of printed material before its sale may be punished. End quote. Although the Supreme, the, I'm sorry, the Court of Criminal Appeals justices here are not going far enough to revoke obscenity laws altogether, they are giving our defendant here some slack. And any slack we can get, we need to celebrate and seize. They acknowledge the First Amendment, so that's a little plus. We can rejoice in that, perhaps. They also say, quote, there are no fewer than 17 different ways to promote obscenity, end quote. Maybe what we need to do is find as many ways to promote obscenity as possible. That would be a good challenge. Find 17 ways to promote obscenity. Because we need to overturn these laws. How did the court decide? The good news is the court says, quote, The judgments of the Court of Appeals and the trial court are reversed, and this cause is remanded to the trial court to enter an order of acquittal. End quote. It says this cause is remanded to the trial court to enter an order of acquittal. So I'm thinking it probably they probably meant case, because that would make the most sense in this context. I'm not 100% sure, of course, but I suppose even Court of Criminal Appeals justices can make typos and mistakes. What's going on with Philip Michael Bayer today? For winning this victory and for fighting in the first place, going through all the levels from the trial court to the Court of Appeals to the Court of Criminal Appeals, he deserves credit and applause. He had resilience to keep fighting. Some people wouldn't fight at all. Some people wouldn't take it as high as it can go. 
if he didn't do any, if he didn't do anything wrong in his life, and he's dead, he's probably in first amendment heaven. So may we aspire and strive to be like him, and propel ourselves to first amendment heaven by fighting this good fight. How will you advance the first amendment, freedom of speech, and third parties today? Long live the First Amendment and free speech. Goodbye.